0: Chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. Of Catina Aurea, Gospel of Saint Luke, Part 1, by Saint Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Then he called his twelve disciples together, and gave them power and authority over all devils, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God, and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey neither staves, nor script, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece, and whatsoever house ye enter into, there abide and hence depart. And whosoever will not receive you, when ye go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet, for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Cyril, It was fitting that those who were appointed the ministries of holy teaching, should be able to work miracles and by these very acts themselves be believed to be the ministers of God. Hence it is said, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils. Herein he brings down the haughty pride of the devil, who once said, There is none who shall open his mouth against me. Eusebius and that through them the whole race of mankind may be sought out, he not only gives them power to drive away evil spirits, but to cure all kind of diseases at his command, as it follows, and to cure diseases. Cyril, mark here the divine power of the Son, which belongs not to a fleshly nature, for it was in the power of the saints to perform miracles not by nature, but by participation of the Holy Spirit. But it was altogether out of their power to grant this authority to others. For how could created natures possess dominion over the gifts of the Spirit? But our Lord Jesus Christ, by his nature God, imparts graces of this kind to whomsoever he will, not invoking upon them a power which is not his own, but infusing it into them from himself. Chrysostom But after that they had been sufficiently strengthened by his guidance and had received competent proofs of his power, he sends them out, as it follows, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God. And here we must remark that they are not commissioned to speak of sensible things, as Moses and the prophets, for they promised a land and earthly goods, but these a kingdom, and whatsoever is contained in it. Gregory Nazianzus Now in sending his disciples to preach, our Lord enjoined many things on them, the chief of which are, that they should be so virtuous, so constant, so temperate, and, to speak briefly, so heavenly, that, no less through their manner of living than their words, the teaching of the gospel might be spread abroad. And therefore were they sent with lack of money, and staves, and a single garment. He accordingly adds, And he said to them, Take nothing in the way, neither staves. Chrysostom. Many things, indeed, he ordained hereby. First, indeed, it rendered the disciples unsuspected. Secondly, it held them aloof from all care, so that they might give their whole study to the word. Thirdly, it taught them their own proper virtue. But perhaps someone will say that the other things indeed are reasonable. But for what reason did he command them to have no scrip on the way nor two coats, nor staff, and truth because he wished to rouse them to all diligence, taking them away from all the cares of this life, that they might be occupied by the one single care of teaching. Eusebius, wishing then that they should be free from the desire of wealth and the anxieties of life, he gave this injunction, he took it as a proof of their faith and courage, and when it was commanded them to lead a life of extreme poverty, they would not escape from what was ordered, for it was fitting that they should make a kind of bargain, receiving these saving virtues to recompense them for obedience to commands. And when he was making them soldiers of God, he girds them for battle against their enemies, by telling them to embrace poverty, for no soldier of God entangles himself in the affairs of a secular life. Ambrose Of what kind, then, he ought to be who preaches the gospel of the kingdom of God is marked out by these gospel precepts. That is, he must not require the supports of secular aid, and clinging wholly to faith, he must believe that the less he requires those things, the more they will be supplied to him. Theophilact, For he sends them out as very beggars, so that he would have them neither carry bread nor anything else of which men are generally in want. Augustine, or the Lord did not wish the disciples to possess and carry with them these things, not that they were not necessary to the support of this life, but because he sent them thus to show that these things were due to them from those believers to whom they announced the gospel, that so they might neither possess security nor carry about with them the necessaries of this life, either great or little, he has therefore, according to Mark, excluded all except a staff, showing that the faithful owe everything to their ministers who require no superfluities. But this permission of the staff he has mentioned by name when he says they should take nothing in the way but a staff only. Ambrose, to those also who wish it, this place admits of being explained so as to seem only to represent a spiritual temper of mind, which appears to have cast off, as it were, a certain covering of the body, not only rejecting power and despising wealth, but renouncing also the delights of the flesh itself. Theophilact, some also understand by the apostles, not carrying a scrip nor staff, nor two coats, that they must not lay up treasures, which a scrip implies, collecting many things, nor be angry and of a quarrelsome spirit, which the staff signifies, nor be false and of a double heart, which is meant by the two coats. Cyril. But it may be said, How then shall necessary things be prepared for them? He therefore adds, And into whatsoever house ye enter, there abide and hence depart. As if he said, Let the food of disciples suffice you, who, receiving from you spiritual things, will minister unto you temporal. But he ordered them to abide in one house, so as neither to incommode the host, that is, so as to send him away, nor themselves to incur the suspicion of gluttony and wantonness. Ambrose, he pronounces it to be foreign to the character of a preacher of the heavenly kingdom to run from house to house and change the rites of inviolable hospitality. But as the grace of hospitality is supposed to be offered, so also, if they are not received, the dust must be shaken off, and they are commanded to depart from the city, as it follows, And whosoever will not receive you, when ye go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet, for a testimony, etc. The dust is shaken off from the apostles' feet, as a testimony of their labors. That they entered into a city, and the apostolical preaching had reached into the inhabitants thereof. Or the dust is shaken off when they receive nothing, not even of the necessaries of life, from those who despise the gospel. Cyril. For it is very improbable that those who despise the saving word, and the master of the household, will show themselves kind to his servants, and seek further blessings. Ambrose. Or it is a great return of hospitality, which is here taught, i.e., that we should not only wish peace to our hosts, but also if any faults of earthly infirmity obscure them. They should be removed by receiving the footsteps of apostolical preaching. But if any by treacherous negligence, or even from zeal, despise the word of God, their communion must be shunned, the dust of the feet must be shaken off lest by their vain deeds, which are to be compared to the dust, the footstep of a chaste mind be defiled. Eusebius. But when the Lord had girded his disciples as soldiers of God, with divine virtue and wise admonitions, sending them to the Jews as teachers and physicians, they afterwards went forth, as it follows, and they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Verses seven through nine. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was perplexed because that it was said of some that John was risen from the dead, and of some that Elias had appeared, and of others that one of the old prophets was risen again. And Herod said, John I have beheaded, but who is this of whom I hear such things? And he desired to see him. Chrysostom. It was not till a long time had passed that Herod took notice of the things that were done by Jesus, to show you the pride of a tyrant, for he did not acknowledge them at first, as it is said, now Herod heard, etc. Theophylact Herod was the son of Herod the Great who slew the children, who was king, but this Herod was Tetrarch. He inquired about Christ, who he was. Hence it follows, and he was perplexed. Chrysostom, for sinners fear both when they know and when they are ignorant, they are afraid of shadows, are suspicious about everything, and are alarmed at the slightest noise. Such in truth is sin. When no one blames or finds fault, it betrays a man. When no one accuses it, condemns, and makes the offender timid and backward. But the cause of fear is stated afterwards, in the words, because that it was said of some. Theophylact, for the Jews expected a resurrection of the dead to a fleshly life, eating and drinking, but those that rise again will not be concerned with the deeds of the flesh. Chrysostom, when Herod then heard of the miracles which Jesus was performing, he says, John, I have beheaded, which was not an expression of boasting, but by way of allaying his fears and bringing his distracted souls to recollect that he had killed. And because he had beheaded John, he adds, but who is this? Theophylact If John is alive and had risen from the dead, I shall know him when I see him. As it follows, and he sought to see him. Augustine. Now Luke, though he keeps the same order in his narrative with Mark, does not obligate us to believe that the course of events was the same. In these words, too, Mark testifies not only to the fact that others, not Herod, said that John had risen from the dead, but since Luke has mentioned Herod's perplexity, we must suppose either that after that perplexity he confirmed in his own mind what was said by others, since he says to his servants, as Matthew relates, this is John the Baptist, he is risen from the dead or these words of Matthew must have been altered so as to signify that he was still doubting. Verses 10-17 through And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done. And he took them, and went aside privately into a deserted place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, followed him, and he received them, and spoke unto them of the kingdom of God, and healed them that had need of healing. And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve, and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about, and lodge and get victuals, for we are here in a desert place. But he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all this people, for they were about five thousand men. And he said to his disciples, Make them sit down in fifties in a company. And they did so, and made them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and two fishes, and looking up to heaven he blessed them and brake, and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude. And they did eat and were all filled. And there was taken up fragments that remained to them, 12 baskets. Augustine, Matthew and Mark, taking occasion from what had occurred above, relate here how John was slain by Herod. But Luke, who had long before given an account of John's suffering, after mentioning that perplexity of Herod's as to who our Lord was, immediately adds, And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done. Bede, but They not only tell him what they had done and taught, but also, as Matthew implies, the things which John suffered while they were occupied in teaching are now repeated to him either by his own or according to Matthew by John's disciples. Isidore, our Lord, because he hates the men of blood and those that dwell within them, as long as they depart not from their crimes, after the murder of the Baptist, left the murderers and departed, As it follows, And he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to a city called Bethsaida. Bede. Now Bethsaida is in Galilee, the city of the apostles Andrew, Peter, and Philip, near the lake of Gennesaret. Our Lord did not this from fear of death, as some think, but to spare his enemies, lest they should commit two murders, waiting also for the proper time of his own sufferings. Chrysostom. Now he did not depart before, but after it was told him what had happened, manifesting in each particular the reality of his incarnation. Theophylact, but our Lord went into a desert place because he was about to perform the miracle of the loaves of bread, that no one should say that the bread was brought from the neighboring cities. Chrysostom, or he went into a deserted place that no one might follow him, But the people did not retire, but accompanied him, as it follows, and the people, when they knew it, followed him. Cyril, some indeed asking to be delivered from evil spirits, but others desiring of him the removal of their diseases. Those also who were delighted with his teaching attended him diligently. Bede, but he, as the powerful and merciful Savior, by receiving the weary, by teaching the ignorant, curing the sick, filling the hungry, implies how he was pleased with their devotion, as it follows, and he received them, and spake unto them of the kingdom of God, etc. Theophylact, that you may learn that the wisdom which is in us is distributed into word and work, and that it becomes us to speak of what has been done, and to do what we speak of. But when the day was wearing away the disciples now beginning to have a care of others, take compassion on the multitude. Surrill, for as has been said, they sought to be healed of different diseases, and because the disciples saw that what they sought might be accomplished by his simple assent, they say, send them away, that they shall be no more distressed, but mark the overflowing kindness of him who has asked he not only grants those things which the disciples seek, but to those who follow him. He supplies the bounty of a munificent hand, commanding food to be set before them. As it follows, but he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. Theophilact. Now he said not this as ignorant of their answer, but wishing to induce them to tell him how much bread they had, that so great a miracle might be manifested through their confession when the quantity of bread was made known. Cyril, but this was a command which the disciples were unable to comply with, since they had with them but five loaves and two fishes. As it follows, and they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we go and buy meat for all this people. Augustine, and these words indeed Luke has strung together in one sentence the answer of Philip, saying, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, but that every one may have a little. And the answer of Andrew, There is a lad here who has five loaves and two small fishes, as John relates. For when Luke says, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, he refers to the answer of Andrew. But that which he added, Except we go and buy food for all the people, Seems to belong to Philip's answer, save that he is silent about the two hundred pennyworth, although this may be implied also in the expression of Andrew himself. For when he had said, There is a lad here who has five loaves and two fishes, he added, But what are these among so many? That is to say, Unless we go and buy meat for all this people. From which diversity of words, but harmony of things and opinions it is sufficiently evident that we have this wholesome lesson given us, that we must seek for nothing in words but the meaning of the speaker, and to explain this clearly, ought to be the care of all truth-telling authors whenever they relate anything concerning man or angel or God. Cyril, But that the difficulty of the miracle may be still more enhanced. The number of men is stated to have been no means small, as it follows, for there were about 5,000 men, besides women and children, as another evangelist relates. Theophylact our Lord teaches us that when we entertain anyone, we ought to make him sit down at meat and partake of every comfort. Hence it follows, and he said to his disciples, etc. Augustine, that Luke says here that the men were ordered to sit down by fifties, but mark by fifties and hundreds, does not matter, seeing that one spoke of a part and the other of the whole. But if one had mentioned only the fifties and the other only the hundreds, they would seem to be greatly opposed to one another, nor would it be sufficiently distinct which of the two was said. But who will not admit that one was mentioned by one evangelist, the other by another, and that, if more attentively considered, it must be found so, But I have said thus much, because often certain things of this kind exist, which are those who take little heed and judge hastily, appear contrary to one another, yet are not so. Chrysostom. And to make men believe that he came from the Father, Christ, when he was about to work the miracle, looked up to heaven, as it follows, then he took the five loaves, etc. Cyril. This also he did purposely for our sakes, that we may learn that, at the commencement of a feast, when we are going to break bread, we ought to offer thanks for it to God, and to draw forth the heavenly blessing upon it. As it follows, and he blessed and break. Chrysostom, he distributes to them by the hands of his disciples, so honoring them that they might not forget it when the miracle was passed. Now he did not create food for the multitude out of what did not exist that he might stop the mouth of the Manichaeans, who say that the creatures are independent of him, showing that he himself is both the giver of food and the same who said, let the earth bring forth, etc. He makes also the fishes to increase, to signify that he has dominion over the seas as well as the dry land. But well did he perform a special miracle for the weak, at the same time that he gives also a general blessing in feeding all the strong as well as the weak. And they did all eat and were filled. Gregory of Nisau For whom neither the heaven rained manna, nor the earth brought forth corn according to its nature, but from the unspeakable garner of divine power, the blessing was poured forth. The bread is supplied in the hands of those who serve. It is even increased through the fullness of those who eat. The sea supplied not their wants with the food of fishes, but he who placed in the sea the race of fishes. Ambrose, it is clear that the multitude were filled not by the scanty meal, but by a constant and increasing supply of food. You might see in an incomprehensible manner amid the hands of those who distributed, the particles multiplying, which they break not, the fragments too, untouched by the fingers of the breakers, spontaneously mounting up. Surreal. Nor was this all that the miracle came to, but it follows, and there was taken up of the fragments that remained twelve baskets, that this might be a manifest proof that a work of love to our neighbor will claim a rich reward from God. Theophylact and that we might learn the value of hospitality, and how much our own store is increased when we help those that need. Chrysostom. But he caused not loaves to remain over, but fragments, that he might show them to be remnants of the loaves. And these were made to be of that number, that there might be as many baskets as disciples. Ambrose. After that she who received the type of the church was cured of the issue of blood, and that the apostles were appointed to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, the nourishment of heavenly grace is imparted, but mark to whom it is imparted, not to the indolent, not to those in a city, of rank in the synagogue, or in high secular office, but to those who seek Christ in the desert. Bede, who himself having left Judea, which by unbelief had bereft herself of the source of prophecy, In the desert of the church, which had no husband, dispenses the food of the word. But many companies of the faithful, leaving the city of their former manner of life, and their various opinions, follow Christ into the deserts of the Gentiles. Ambrose, But they who are not proud are themselves received by Christ, and the word of God speaks with them, not about worldly things, but of the kingdom of God and if any have ulcers of bodily passions, to these he willingly affords his cure. But everywhere the order of the mystery is preserved, that first through the remission of sins the wounds should be healed, but afterwards the nourishment of the heavenly table should plentifully abound. Bede. Now when the day was going down, he refreshes the multitudes. That is, as the end of the world approaches or when the Son of Righteousness sets for us. Ambrose Although the multitude is not as yet fed with stronger food, for first, as milk, there are five loaves, secondly, seven, thirdly, the body of Christ is the stronger food. But if any one fears to seek food, let him leave everything that belongs to him, and listen to the word of God. But whoever begins to hear the word of God begins to eat. The Apostles begin to see him eating. And if they who eat as yet know not what they eat, Christ knows. He knows that they eat not this world's food, but the food of Christ. For they did not as yet know that the food of a believing people was not to be bought and sold. Christ knew that we are rather to be bought with a ransom, but his banquet to be without price. Bede. The apostles had only got but the five loaves of the Mosaic law, and the two fish of each covenant, which were covered in the secret place of obscure mysteries, as in the waters of the deep. But because men have five external senses, the five thousand men who follow the Lord signifies those who live still in worldly ways, knowing well how to use the external things they possess, For they who entirely renounce the world are raised aloft in the enjoyment of his gospel feast. But the different divisions of the guests indicate the different congregations of churches throughout the world, which together compose the one Catholic. Ambrose, but here the bread which Jesus break is mystically indeed the word of God, and discourse concerning Christ, which, when it is divided, is increased. For from these few words he ministered abundant nourishment to the people. He gave us words like loaves, which, while they are tasted by our mouth, are doubled. Bede. Now our Savior does not create new food for the hungry multitudes, but he took those things which the disciples had and blessed them. Since coming in the flesh, he preaches nothing else than what had been foretold, but demonstrates the words of prophecy, To be pregnant with the mysteries of grace. He looks towards heaven, that thither he may teach us to direct the eye of the mind, there to seek the light of knowledge. He breaks and distributes to disciples to be placed before the multitude, because he revealed to them the sacraments of the law and the prophets, that they might preach them to the world. Ambrose, not without meaning are the fragments which remained over and above what the multitudes had eaten, collected by the disciples, since those things which are divine you may more easily find among the elect than among the people. Blessed is he who can collect those things which remain over and above, even to the learned. But for what reason did Christ fill twelve baskets, except that he might solve that word concerning the Jewish people? His hands served in the basket. That is, the people who before collected mud For the pots, now through the cross of Christ, gather up the nourishment of the heavenly life. Nor is this the office of few, but all. For by the twelve baskets, as if, of each of the tribes, the foundation of the faith is spread abroad. Or by the twelve baskets, the twelve apostles are figured, and all succeeding teachers, despised indeed by men without, but within loaded with the fragments of saving food. End of chapter 9, verses 1 through 17.